This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern MM cast in 2024. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up? We're coming to you. We're playing injured, guys. We, Alex and myself, we're coming to you with some sniffles. And uh, it's a sports reference for you. It's a Willis Reed right now. Um, that's what we're doing. You know, we're, I can't. Uh, I can't I, I'm not. Um, you know, I go back, edit that out. I'm, I'm not allowing this podcast to start the new year after a uh, two month hiatus uh, to with a sports metaphor. Uh, all right. But we're 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 really excited. We're today. We're talking about Mo- uh, murders of Marco Manor. We have a bunch of shout outs and important things to get to later in the episode. But we want to get Wait, no, no. Just started. <laughs> Wait, you said <laughs> he said murders at Markov Manor, which no, is murders, the murders at Carlisle Manor. Murders at Carlisle Manor. Yeah, you know, how, you know how good I have been going through all of my story recaps. I've done a full story recap of this set that'll be coming out on this YouTube channel too shortly, uh, without missing a beat. And of course, we're opening this podcast, Murders at Karlov Manor set review for Modern right now. Uh, Get ready, and we're, we're going to start with uh, Delny, Streetwise Lookout. Two white, legendary creature, human scout. Creatures you control with power two or less can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater. If an ability of a creature you control with power two or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. Two, two. Solid card. Um, I, I would say classically, three drops in modern that have a cool ability like this have fallen by the wayside as they are not efficient enough and the engine doesn't tend like the card that comes to mind that's like not this but like the very old card was uh mentor of the meek that was like always like well and like white weenie decks is there some way to make this work or like monastery mentor is another one that comes to mind where it's like well if you set this up then it's going to be really good and you know cards like that just i mean even even night of the reliquary which was like a very good card or early days of modern I think like the difference between those cards and this card is that this can trigger like if you have a two drop that has a attack trigger that triggers yeah, and you, you play, play this, this into you it, it, you get it. Or like like for Mentor of the Meek, you had to pay one mana and you just got the draw card for this one. You can play this and then attack in hammer time and get like double triggers on things that you're doing. Or you can play this and play a zero mana artifact and then double trigger your the guy who draws you a card every time you play an equipment card, right? Like you, you like it starts and then not to mention when you untap, you play Stoneforge Mystic and get two equipment from your deck into your hand, right? Like the, the amount of like weird things that just double trigger accidentally because they're two power. It's high level. gives them some amount of evasion, right? I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can, you can reference even just in white Esper Sentinel is a card that comes to mind. That's a very good card. And like, it just triggers two times. Like there are, there are lots of things that I think are good, but I would say that modern has tended to be such a streamlined format these last few years. I have a hard time imagining this card would make it into a deck unless that deck was all centered around triggers. Like it was the whole was a triggers deck. And then this is the turbo card that makes it extra good because this is a little it's a bit win more if you're playing a card that's good like that to have to spend three mana for a two two. Like I think it just doesn't do that much on its own. Sure, sure. I, I, I don't necessarily agree disagree with you on the win more side and it is like very fragile it's just like it's not hard at all to gain value from this card as soon as it enters play like basically without letting your opponent untap uh, and 
sometimes you just need to outvalue your opponents on those types of cards. So, I do think but, that this referencing power two or less is, is essential because of the interaction with grief that would have that would have happened if, if it was. Oh, if it was sure. Yeah. Or less, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like reading it. And I was like, oh, that'd be nuts. Um, Th- thank God. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's stuff like that, like and that could happen in any moment, too. Right. There's just weird things that are two mana or two or less power that like are more expensive spells, but just it's a two power thing that's winning off the bat, right? So I, I think there's there's cool stuff here for sure. Next year is Intrude the Mind. Three blue, blue, instant. Reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. An opponent chooses one of those piles, puts that pile on into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Create a zero, zero colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying and then put a plus one, plus one counter on it for each card into put into your graveyard this way. So oh, that's interesting. What a cool, what a cool little spin on the Foff, the old factor fiction yep. mechanic. That's really yeah, interesting. Strictly better Foff, right? Well, no. So Foff cost cost blue three. Cost yeah, yeah, okay, okay, three and a blue. So, so, so one more mana, but you get a Thopter into play. That's a one one to five five flyer, right? And get to. Take advantage. Yeah, of I mean, if they put four cards in your hand, you get yourself a one-one flyer. If they put one card into your hand, you get a four-four flyer. And if they do the normal split, which is to put three in the yard and two in your hand, you get a three-three flyer and two cards for five mana. Right. Uh, now, even if right, and it's it's uh, and separate them into two piles. You choose the piles, so you choose yeah. the advantageous pile where they give you the two cards, and then you get a three-three no, flyer. No, no, no. You, you uh, they choose the pile. You separate the piles. No, no, reveal the top five cards of the library and separate them into two piles. You're choosing the piles. They choose which one you get. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So you do the classic, I get my two cards I want, you bin the three cards I don't want thing. And you, get you, a three you now flyer. get a situation where it's like, I get I get two cards and a three, three flop thopter for free, or yep. I get three cards and a two, two thopter for free. And that that adds like that spin to the game. It's an instant as well. So like that, like if you're going to have a five drop, needs to be an instant to be able to be seen play this way. Um, I don't think it's better. I don't think it's playable in modern, but I think it's like. I like this card. I would think so about it. I would here's think my about thought it. on this card. I don't I don't think that I don't look at this card and go snap keep into a modern control deck. What I think is remember when we spoiled Shark Typhoon and we talked about Shark Typhoon and we were sort of yeah. like, yeah, like, OK, you cast it for six. Like, that's never going to happen. So you're going to do the you're going to do the front version. And like people do a lot of, you know, they do a lot of three and four mana shark typhoons, sometimes five mana shark typhoon, right? right? Like, and what that what that spells is having a threat and getting some value is worth something. Yeah. And I think that in a control deck, sitting back, hitting your land drops, and having one or even two of these in your deck, I think this is sneaky good, actually. Yeah, I do too. I think, getting, that's, I think like I think playing this at the end of turn when like you've already gotten a, like a pretty good grip countered something, whatever, maybe like, you know, removed something. And then you cast this and you're like, okay, you're either going to give me a three, three flyer, a flipped Delver effectively, or you're going to give me like a crappy two, two flyer and three cards for my five mana at instant speed. But I get a good threat and cards. I, I kind of think pretty good. The, the fact, the fact that it also is not, cards drawn right it's it's a card advantage engine that puts the cards into your hand so it dodges bowmaster so like bowmaster doesn't react yeah. to this in the way it does the other thing so like it going around bowmaster it being an instant speed threat that is also an instant speed um card draw engine is like kind of great i think and like also the mind games of like giving them a hand of five and having uh putting putting a one and four pile in front of them yeah or even a zero five pile, like would you rather me have a flying five five or five cards? Yeah, I mean, there's also the version of it where sometimes it's your like, opponent's just like, I have to give you five cards. Like I can't I can't have a five a flying five five artifact creature beating me down. Yeah, well, there's also the version of it where you're like, okay, so you cast your thing, and I do this, and in my pile of four, I get or it's like, or it's like it's like a force. There's like a force of negation in 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 the pile of five, and you put sure. the force of negation in the one versus the four. But actually, you already have another force of negation in hand, and so they give you the four, not wanting to give you the free counter spell. But now you're just getting the fodder to pitch a card, and like, like well, that's I, like I, normal fodder shenanigans. But the fact that you could like, you could put, 
yeah, there's so many cool, like the fact that there's a creature attached to it makes the math so much harder as a pile, right? Because like the worst pile is the one that you get the creature for. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, the more I talk about the card, the more I love this card. Yeah, it's really sick. If I was a betting man, my bet is this is not playable in modern. If I was a, if I was an optimistic betting man, I'd put it at least 51%. I feel like, I I feel like this is kind of sick. And if you put together a spicy, Jess guy or like blue white brew and, and there was one of in this deck and I wouldn't. Yeah, I like it. I would never be surprised. I would be so stoked, but not surprised that this would be viable in modern. Yeah, it has. Right. I, I guess I guess I guess what it has is it has flavors of other cards over the years that have felt a little expensive when they were revealed that have turned out to be pretty good. The yes, shark tycoons right. of the world, the Sphinx Rev of the world cards that like at one time or another have made an impact. It's just modern, modern, uh, as it as it were, doesn't favor expensive things. Yeah, like this I just it, it like to. the fat it to me, it's that like. A five mana, three, three draw two. Instant yeah. speed is not that far away from playable, and then that doesn't include the fact that this is sometimes a five mana, five, five flyer at instant mm-hmm. speed, and sometimes it's a five mana draw five at instant speed and all of those have seen some amount of play. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, and the fact that it can be just discarded to force negation, right? It has the like modern does have the Jace Bellerin benefit of just, you know, you can get you can exile these things. All right. Hey, next but, but here's, but here's my one question for you. Remember Cloud yeah. Blazer, blue, white, three, two, two, flyer, human scout enters the battlefield, gain two, draw two. Is that a flash? No, I, I, I'm not saying it's the, it's comparable. Obviously, it's it, not. It, like like it having flashes the world of difference, right? Like it, it, it being an instant that does this is what makes it playable. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like sitting back on a counter spell is uh, that's the thing. That's the difference. Holding back on anything that you can do at instant speed is why this card's playable. I don't think you'd ever play more than one, even in a control deck that was good. Uh, but I can see playing two. I think if one's good enough, you play two. But I think anything more than two is 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 is, yeah. is absolutely not happening. Chonky. Uh, next card is Undergrowth Recon. One green green enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Well, this is cool. This is to me. This is like the kind of card design I like seeing more of, which is that there's not that many words on this. It's a cool effect. It feels in the design space of old magic cards where it's just like a cool thing that happens that like might make your deck good and doesn't have weird triggers involved. Three-man enchantment, upkeep, graveyard, battlefield, tap. Like, there's and a lot of happy. And just happy he's not reading 80 words. <laughs> I think in a format like Modern where there's fetch lands, obviously this is super interesting. I think, like, the fact that this solves a little bit of the Crucible of Worlds problem where Crucible Worlds, like, is really a four-drop because you want to play it on turn three and then bring a fetch back the turn you play it, where, where this is a three. Like, on turn three, you play this, and now you're ramping to five mana on turn on turn four um so as like uh well, it, comes interesting in, it, it comes in tapped on a fetch right, right it rampant growths with fetch lands once a turn right um sure. so it's not you can't do the crucible things of strip mining someone with it either right it, it, it both ends it fixes the problem with crucible worlds on the broken end but it also makes it a turn quicker than crucible worlds um it doesn't break with like play extra turn land effects the way the crucible does. And I'm not sure any of the land decks in modern are like looking for a crucible, but I don't think this is an out of the question include. I mean, I think turn one, depending on the deck you're talking about, which like, you know, again, modern decks are pretty refined, so it's hard to just like be like good card into good card. But fetch land, bird of paradise, turn one, turn two, undergrowth recon, right? Bird is always going to be a playable card in some strategy. And so now if you're telling me that on turn three, I'm going to start to have an extra land and play every single turn. And I already started the game with a bird of paradise. You're pl- you're playing seven drops on turn four at that point, right? Am I making right. that up? I don't think so. I think you're yeah. turn turn three. You get a land back uh, as you hit your third land. Plus the bird. you get a land back. So you go I, from, guess it's, I guess it's you go six from three to five to seven. Yeah, but it starts to scale pretty fast. So yeah. I, I and I also think we're probably missing some pretty interesting interactions of this card that like you can probably do some much cooler stuff based on the parallel design of this, where it's just it, it's it's upkeep the, the sort of parallel to your your draw step, your land drop. It's it's every turn. If you get it out early, I feel like this is going to scale in a way that I'm probably not seeing right now. 
Also with uh, Amulet of Vigor, right? Like Amulet allows that land to come in untapped, which is not a not a nothing uh, point. I think it's a little slow for modern. I think it's a really cool card. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it's fun. All right. Next card is Hide in Plain Sight. Hide in Plain Sight is three green sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library, cloak two of them and put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. So cloak is the new manifest, but the uh, they have ward two. Um, the thing that's interesting about this is it's collected companying, but it can, can collected company put two Eldrazi into play that are face down and then you just need to blink them somehow to turn them face up and, and make that happen and to me okay. this feels like a cool you play it with the white elemental that exiles you play it with the the blinking spell that you get the blink a thing and then it comes back and and rewinds and then blinks another thing like allowing you to like cheat big things into play kind of like um do you remember the old windbrisk heights emerald decks yes i do uh wait Where, windbrisk heights that's the land right the hideaway land that like uh, the white one back with three creatures. Yeah, you get to cast the card for free. So it's like if yeah. you play Windbrisk Heights, you play Emrakul, and then if you attack with three creatures, you get to play Emrakul for free. This kind of has a similar play, but playing in the like in a white, a white, black, green kind of a, an Abzan scam deck where you're you're taking advantage of um the scam cards that do stuff with grief, because those will work with the um the cloaked creatures, right? The the when this creature dies, return it back to the battlefield. If it died this turn, if you target any Eldrazi that doesn't have a shuffle effect, when it dies, it'll return to play as the bigger creature. And that's true also with uh, not what's the white blink spell that I'm like blinking on the name of one white. Oh, exile oh, return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ephemerate. Ephemerate. Ephemerate also obviously turns these in. So if you're playing those types of cards with this you're able to create kind of like a really big upside and it has that collected company feel too, right? Cause like worst case scenario, you do it for other cards that you're playing with that are just it, fine. It says cloak. So just, just so I understand with these cards, uh, disguise is the effect where you're playing a morph spell. And when you flip it up for its disguise cost, it now has ward two. And it's, no, no, it's no. Sort of so disguise. So, so the morph mechanics, the face down card mechanics of this set all have ward two. But Got it. Two. So, there's so, cloak okay. and disguise. Disguise is morph with ward two, and and cloak is manifest with ward two. I was yeah, so I was a little because of the Italian translation here. I was just clarifying that cloak was not a misinterpreted other word. That's all I was. Yeah, wondering. yeah, yeah. It's 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 <laughs> it's it's, it's manifest right, but it has it has ward two now, so the two two is protected from removal. And it's the same. Okay, 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 okay. And it's the same thing. So uh, you you put two cards out of these five face down. They're they're two twos with ward two that can flip up for their mana cost if they're creatures. So my mirror superior can flip over. Does it? But it does not. No longer has ward once it's flipped over. It has ward while it's a two two. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think this is too slow. I think if you're going to do something like this, you're just sure. playing a polymorph deck probably. I think like that's you are getting you are getting a gear like it's like different than collected company. There's no missing, right? Because worst case scenario, you can cloak a land, you can cloak an instant or sorcery spell. Yeah, but it's but it's also but it's also it's a four mana for two two twos, right? It's four, it's a four mana sorcery. I, I think if you're trying to play a four mana sorcery with like combo potential, you're playing polymorph. You're playing like something like that. That's that's doing something more unfair than this. Sure, 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 sure. Probably yeah. that's, that's that's what my gut tells me. Next card, Doorkeeper Thrall. One in a white, Creature Thrall. Rare, Flash Flying, Artifacts, and Creatures Entering the Battlefield Don't Cause Abilities to Trigger. One, two. I will tell you, so we got to do a cool thing, like a commercial we shot for uh, Wizards, like what, a month and a half ago or something like that. And we got to see these cards. We obviously couldn't talk about anything at the time, but we got to like cool, see some of these cards and film this thing, which I hopefully when this comes out, you guys will be like seeing it, which is kind of fun. Uh but when I read this card, which was one of the ones in one of the packs I opened, I was excited because I love these torpor orb type of creatures. I'm a big fan of the the hate bear flash white creatures, especially when they have flying. Yep. And this is just like pretty much strictly better than the uh, what's the what's the white two two one? It's like um, same thing, right? But it's yeah. There's there's a there's a there's the hippogriff, right? That's that's a flyer that does this, and then there's the yeah. hushwing. Hushwing Griff is Hushwing what I was Griff, looking and for. Then there's a, there's a Tukotli, fairy, right? There's Takatli Honor Guard, which is the one, that's the flash from Ixalan. There's Hushwing Griff, which is the two one flash fly for three, and there's Hushbringer, which is the one from yes. uh, that entering the battlefield and dying don't cause abilities trigger. And there's another one too. 
<coughs> which is the two mana one that like, when a creature enters, I think it's when a permanent enters, counter the ability of that permanent unless the owner of it or something pays two. Yes. And yep. so they've gone pretty hard into the space, I think probably based on the power of ETBs now over the over the last few years. Like, But this one having just, talked about Flash, it's big. It's a big deal. The fact that this is a Flash one for two, Hushwind Griff costs three. Now, Honor Guard also had Flash, right? To copy Honor Guard, I think it's a two-two for two that does the same thing. But I will say that being a flyer, yeah. the fact that this is a flyer makes me feel like you could be more in the reactive white X hate bear space, suit this up with a piece of equipment or an aura and just like shut down your opponent. Like this to me is when I read it, I was like very excited. It feels to me like the kind of card that is the basis for a very good tempo deck. This is this is kind of doing everything you want. It's presenting an evasive threat at instant speed while also shutting down something your opponent's doing. Yeah, I think I think you could also you can now play eight flyers versions of this or even tw- or 10 if you need to yeah. you need to guarantee it and then use that to combo with something else. And obviously it being flash is like really backbreaking against elementals. That's the thing that I really like about it is if someone now goes to grief me and I have two mana open, I ruin their day. Yeah, they're two. They're getting two for one so hard. It's like, yeah, really, really, really rough on them. Also, yeah, I mean, I think that's significant. What I also think is significant about this is that every set that gets printed will have a certain density of ETB creatures and every single set that gets printed will have a certain density of those creatures that will push some modern deck in the direction of being the best deck. And at any moment in time when the best deck in the format is a hard combo or enters the battlefield trigger deck that thing you're talking about with eight or 12 of these like these torpor orb creatures is going to become the meta deck because like you can do it now easily and and talk doesn't have flash i think this is the only one with flash oh does takali honor guard not have flash no no this is the this is the first one with flash i just looked at other than other than hushwing griff uh yeah yeah hushwing griff but hushwing griff costs three costs three yeah yeah two two mana flash flyer uh there is a flyer, but there's nothing with flash. So the, the flash is a big one for me. I yeah, also the fact that this counters, this counters, um, this at least counters the ETB side of Bowmasters, right? And this also uh, yeah, counters yeah. Uh, the ETB side of the One Ring, which is another big one. Like there's a yeah. lot of ETBs that are really important oh, in the format man. right now, and the fact that this has flash, so it can get them, is like a big difference than it because like if it was just in play, but like. Then people would play around it, right? But it, getting got by this is a big deal. Well, no, you just mentioned two incredibly important things. Tokali Honor Guard does not say artifacts and creatures. Sure. This does. That's yeah. why the, the the one ring component is really important. Yeah, this card's really good. This card's yeah. going to see play. All right. Next card is going to be Krenko's Buzz Crusher. Two red, red artifact creature, insect thopter, four, four flying trample. That is a four, four flying trample in red. Uh, when Krenko's Bone Crusher enters the battlefield, for each player, destroy up to one non-basic land that player controls. For each land destroyed this way, its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. So, interesting. It's it's uh, one interesting thing here too is it it's not targeted, so this gets uh, this can hit Lotus Field or Lotus Bloom, whatever the the Lotus, Lotus field, deck yeah. is. Um, specifically call that as a design for Pioneer to fight that deck. Um, as a pioneer card by the Wizards design team. Now okay. that deck hasn't been much of a thing in modern. That's not to say it won't, won't one day maybe be that thing. Uh, the fact that this is also not the worst card against something like Tron, where you're blowing up one of their lands, able to get a four four flyer into play. I do think it's like a little slow for that situation. Um, but the fact that a four four flying trample is is on the other half is like not something to snub your nose at. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> Here's the question. Okay, so four four flyer for four. So by rate four for the you know the stats being four. What if this was a three mana two two flying trample with the same ability? Would you like it more? Would I like it more if it was a three mana two two flying three trample? Two, the same? same exact card, flying trample, three mana yeah. two two, red two. You'd like it more? Yeah. Interesting. Cause I I kind of feel like the fact that it is a threat, like a really significant threat at this. The only way I think I would like this card more. I'd like this card if it was a two mana one one. If it was red one for a one one flying trample. Sure, 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 sure. That's where I'd like this card. Because then I think you could play this on turn two against Tron and you're still destroying your own land. And I think it would be be like, it would be pretty disruptive and it wouldn't be a big enough threat. Four mana four four is like, 
it it's too slow, but it's a clock. They're going to die pretty quickly if they don't answer it. Yeah, this is a card I would imagine a Jund, a boomer Jund player who shouldn't be playing Jund because other decks are better, but they're playing Jund because they refuse to play anything else would have one of these in their sideboard and they would bring it in and they, it would be like decent, but not enough value. And you're kind of like, why are you still playing Jund? <laughs> the old Blood Raid Kalita spot that became like Season Pyromancer over the years. Yeah, like, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this card's cool, but I, I would agree. This feels like a boomer Jund card. It doesn't feel I think for Pioneer, great. Uh, yeah. I think for modern, not gonna, not not gonna hit it. Uh, all right, next card. This is many people are calling the best card of the set. Uh, green, green, green. Archdruid's charm. Instant. Choose one. Search your library for a creature or land card and reveal it. Put it onto the battlefield tapped if it's a land card. Otherwise, put it into your hand and shuffle. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Exile target artifact or enchantment. So this is the green archmage's charm. We've now we've now decided that there's a cycle on its way, uh, which I'm excited to see what the other options are. Uh, oh, Archdruid's Charm, it also comes technically with four abilities because that first ability is actually search your library for a creature card and put it into your hand or search your library for a non-basic land card and put it into play. Yeah, I love this card. This was the card that when I read when I started seeing spoilers come out, I, we no, nobody opened this card when we were when it, that thing I talked about. So we didn't know about this card until like yesterday or whenever this card got spoiled. Um, but this was the card that when I read it, I was like, yeah, this is the truth. Uh, it's interesting that this is a standard card, right? So 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 Archmage's Charm was a Horizons card, which is a significant difference because it's power level is printed directly into modern, whereas this is just a standard card that they decided to push. Now, I think triple green is a is, is easier to accomplish than triple blue just in general. But like search your library for a land and put it in play at instant speed. Already quite good. Instant speed tutor that is green, green, green. So cost one more than a you know Eladomri's call. Still instant speed. The second ability, the like, you know, half a fight kind of a deal is good uh but the fact that then like the backup is just naturalize and it's not even destroy it's exile naturalize i think i think the like the the front end of this card is so good that it could just be that and i think people would be talking about playing it if it was was creature land ability is just like that yeah it was just that it would be in the conversation for a multi-format staple. I think the fact that it just comes with a removal spell for creatures, enchantments, and artifacts as a, as a gift. <laughs> like, it's very easy to imagine turn one Llanowar Elf, turn two Archdruid's Charm, yeah, and then have that Llanowar Elf fight their creature, ha- you know, kill their Ragavan, have, uh, you know, exile their, their you know, hammer, do, or put in a... Uh, any amount of lands that I can imagine being powerful into play on turn yeah, two. The only, right? the, like, the only thing about this, I think from a like what is good in magic right now in this format perspective is, you know, what's the deck that this immediately fits into? Like for me, Mono Green Tron, like the one that we saw, the one that we saw play in Barcelona, right? That makes... I don't, I don't think it, it... I think triple green for that deck is really hard. Sure, but but I mean, like you could. There's a there's a version of a world where you could fit it into that deck if if you wanted to sort of warp it. Like I, you could see it happening because it's very good in that deck, right? Obviously, like the fact that it's going to get you a Tron piece directly into play at instant speed. The fact that it's going to allow you to use any of the Eldrazi Tron creatures you're playing, you know, as kill spells, and that it's also backup. Like there is a version of that. There's you know Titan decks, obviously that are green based that can get there, but like. Really, when I think about like decks that want to play heavy green like this, it goes back to those old school elves decks that haven't been popular for a long time. But to me, this is the ideal card. This is the like, this is the like, get whatever, you know, special land you need slash get Azuri or Archdruid or one of those cards directly into play card. And it's a turn to play. To me, to me, it's like Valakut decks, right? Like the decks that are trying to play like uh amulet decks are the ones that are going to see this card seeing the most play because it like will ramp you on turn two will ramp you into a turn five you know five turn three five mana right just like ignoring the fact of what land you're flying on turn 
like once you have the amulet online, this can then even do more bonkers things with bounce lands. Like I think it just is a such an easy add to those. And then obviously on the other hand, offers all the versatility that Archmage Charm adds, right? Like not only do you get the cool land trigger effect, you get to use it to find Primeval Titan, you get to use it to find Azusa, you get to use it to find um uh, to get rid of their amulet, to get rid of their one ring, yeah, right? Can, the fact that it exiles. Try, triad, whatever. I mean, here's here's my question for you. Right, right, right. Yeah, because <laughs> it exiles target artifact, right? You can remove the one ring with it. Like that's the thing that's like. No, I mean, I, I think the, I think the back end. I mean, I think the abilities on the card are excellent. But my question is this: Looking just, I'm just queuing up the last thirty days of of Goldfish's modern metagame just to make sure nothing has come up, like in the last ten days or something that I'm unaware sure. of. But like. Okay, decks that are two color and green on here. Yogmoth, Titan, Hardened Skills, Monogreen, Tron. That's the top 10, right? Every single one of those decks, really, every single one of those decks is probably not hitting green, green, green on turn three. So that I means disagree. this card. I mean, I mean, out of out of Yogmoth, you just play like Ignoble Hierarch into it is not super hard, and your mana base is super set up to play triple green. I, my, my, let me let me finish, finish my question. So maybe maybe in in the the good draw, one of these decks is triple green. But the point is like green, green, green is probably on average more than fifty percent of the time a four drop. It's probably you have available four mana and three of them are green. Like I would on average say that most of these decks that are playing green, that's what's going to happen. And if that's the case, let's just say this card was printed as green, green, green one. How much worse is it? Just I don't as a I question. Don't, like I guess I don't agree like i think there are four like mono green uh, a there's Martin, mono green hardened scales which can use this to get pendlehaven can use this to get urza saga can use this to get um uh the infect land that i'm forgetting the name of you have mono yeah, amulet yeah. titan where basically every land in the entire deck makes green mana you have yagamoth where you're playing green mana and land war elves that can cast it on turn two even earlier right like okay, I think but scale, like, in scales, 10 of your 23 lands, if you don't have caverns, are colorless lands. That's almost 50% of your lands. 10 of 23. Four is the sagas, four of Nexus, two gemstone caverns. You, you're like, that, that's the reality of that deck. Monogreen Tron, you argued for the same reason, right? You have a bunch of colorless lands. Yogmoth, you go look at the mana base. That maybe is the one that has the best chance. You're only playing one basic swamp. So like, that's probably the deck that could hit triple green on turn three the most reliably. But you know, I, I don't think Titan is going to get you. Titan's playing four Urza Saga. It's playing one Valakut. It's playing two Teleria West, a Mycosynth Gardens. It's playing a Sun Home. Like the reality of hitting triple green on turn three in that deck in almost any of those decks is low. So I do think this card is probably more of a four drop for most of the decks in most draws, unless you're getting the nutso. You don't you disagree? I don't think it's the nutso. I think it just will happen 60% of games in a lot of those. I, and I think you can modify your, if you're playing this card, you modify your mana base a little bit to be a little bit more green heavy. Yeah. I mean, I love the card. I just, my brain goes more to commander decks. It goes to like one or two of in a, in a good deck and you're, you're, you're drifting your mana base toward it to make sure that you can play the card as opposed think, to like, I think, I think like hardened scales, amulet, Titan, and, and Yagmoth all have good arguments to play two of these main deck without blinking. Yeah, fair. Especially because, like, because like in Yagmoth being able to tutor for a combo piece, like invaluable. In Titan being able to tutor for Titan, it, invaluable. Or the for land sure. you need that, like, the fact that it gets both halves of what you need and puts it into play in Titan is insane. For hardened scales, being able to get one of the cards you need or be able to deal with a hate card that's in your way, like, or, or be able to be a removal spell, it's just like it's really versatile and it's no, not that I hard. My, my, my point was more, I agree with you. Everything you're saying is about the utility of the card in those decks. That's all true. But it's well, like no, the same I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I think it's worth modifying your mana base or even playing this as a four or five drop yeah. to, to do that. And I think a five drop is not even a five drop. It's a, like in two of these decks, it's a, it's a ramp deck, right? Like your point is that even at green, 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 green on one, two. it's probably still good enough. And I, I think I agree with you that even if you do have to pay the extra one, if you don't get the good draw, it's probably worth it. Like, and it's worth leaning into it. I, my, my point is, reminds me of Beseech the Mirror, actually, where it's like, that's a card that's very good. It's like, a, obviously, it has a lot of upside. If it's in the right situation, you have the right mana for it. Awesome. But I think, obviously, I think this is better than Beseech the Mirror by like a wide margin. 
A, because Beseech the Mirror is triple black and cost four. B, mm-hmm. this like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I This this looks to me like a sh- like the upside is higher, like and also it being in green is better on black because for one green mana, I have like being able to get it into play on turn two through an elf play. Yeah. Or a noble hierarch, which I guess is a goblin technically, <laughs> is like a big game, right? And it like is a tool that the exact decks that can play it want it. Being able and it answers like two of the biggest threats in the format. I mean, I don't disagree that I think of the cards we've discussed so far and of the cards I've seen spoiled. This is the best card. I was more just talking about do I think it's do I think it's a shoe in like every green deck that can play it will play it. I I was more just countering. I think that the triple green is less easy to get to for the good green decks in in modern than we were just letting. I think think triple green is easier to get to those decks than triple blue is for Archmage Charm and the triple Archmage Charm decks can get to triple blue without too much pain right it's like a fetch land format right like if you if you have a turn one one drop green creature that makes green mana yeah your deck should be able to find a, a turn two green source without and I suppose, really I any effort. In the same way that our archmage's charm doesn't need to necessarily be on turn three neither does this like it's right. it's and it's always better later, right? Like it's the it's the tutor trap where you're like, oh, if I tutor turn like vampiric tutor on turn one is way worse than vampiric tutor on turn four, unless you like have the combo in your hand because on turn four you know what your opponent is doing and when you know what cards you have and you know what you need to win that next turn versus yeah. on turn one you're just like in the dark. I hope I know what my opponent has. Did I tutor the? Oh wait, nope they they're they're actually playing that other deck and this card doesn't do it. You know, like it it. Same as Brainstorm. You want to wait till the end of the game to play Brainstorm. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Next card, next card on our list. Next card on our list is a big, is a big, uh, a big plant for Ben Bateman. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm sad that Gavin Verhey didn't call your name out directly or that this wasn't given to you as a preview card. It's Hunted Bone Brute. Uh, oh, black. Cycle. I did uh, see, I did see him on Twitter call this out. And I was like, Gav, I don't, it was before I knew Gavin very well when I had this deck. So yeah, sure, no, sorry, true. He doesn't, he doesn't know of the hunted handsome uh, era know. of Ben Bateman. Hunted Bone Brute, two black creature, skeleton beast menace. When hunted Bone Brute enters the battlefield, target opponent creates two one one white dog creature tokens. Mm-hmm. When hunted Bone Brute dies, each opponent loses, lasts three life. Uh, disguise one black, loses three there life. Was a- there was a cycle of creatures from the original Ravnica, one for each color. They were all rares that they entered the battlefield. They created a, a number of creatures under your opponent's control, different types. And you got the upside of a creature with the downside of your opponent getting those creatures. Um, most famously, Black Black for a 7-7 Trample was a hunted horror. It was the best of them. And uh, it, it created two, three, three green creatures that had protection from black. So it was sort of, you could, you know, get through for exactly one, you could, whatever, they could attack you for one last. That was sort of the whole idea. I had a deck from long ago that played a bunch of hunted creatures and tried to take advantage of like the old legend rule. It was bizarre. Anyway, point being. No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about this deck. So uh, Leyland of Singularity was the the way that your deck, it was that and uh, engineered explosives, right? And basically, you would play things that would remove their tokens, and the leyline would work because the old legend rule made it so if anything with the same name was in play at the same time, they all died. And so you would play a hunted thing, and so in the case of hunted bone brute, you would play hunted bone brute, and then the two white dog tokens would enter the battlefield, but then they would die because Both of die. that effect. Uh, Not like the singularity. Now, now, now you get to keep one of them. Uh, so, so there was like, yeah, you played and hunt hunted phantasm was blue, blue one for a four, six unblockable made five, one, one goblins. So you had like blood artist effects. You had blood artist effects. There was a card called illness in the ranks, which is like black for an enchantment creature tokens get minus one, minus one uh, that existed. That was just in play. There was like, obviously, yeah, it was like, it was like, like kind of a hate bears deck that would kind of play these cards that were like medium tarmogoyfs. <laughs> 
to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, but like would be like good Tarmogoyfs when they were like enter the battlefield, drain your opponent for four, have a seven seven. Uh, while you're playing with like a hate card that makes it so their lingering souls tokens don't do anything, you know, like there are just like random hate cards. But but Hunt and Bone Brutus here, it's with the Hushwing Griff or whatever. Like right, that's another card that worked in the deck or cards like that where you get you uh, play you were playing Turbo yeah. Orb. The old torpor uh, orb creature, so your good creature comes in and they don't get anything, which is which is these days probably the smarter direction to go is to lean harder into that because there's so many good ETPs. But I do have to say, for Hunted Horror, for Hunted Bone Brute, and for Hunted Phantasm in a deck sounds pretty spicy with Illness in the ranks because eight of those creatures, all the one ones die. And on top of that, if you're playing the Blood Artist because Zulaport Cuthbert didn't exist at the time, if you're playing just the like eight copies of the blood artist effect, if you literally just played that stuff with some control cards, you would probably sit there and blood artist your way into staying alive and then just kill illness, them with illness like, in the ranks kills, kills the, uh, the, uh, token from, from Bowmaster. It kills the tokens from pyromancer. Uh, yeah. it killed, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> coming coming to a stream near you. Uh, but Hunted Bone Brute, I mean, what's cute here is also the disguise lets you get around it, right? You can disguise this for three and then flip it over. So for five mana, you get a mana six, two that doesn't do this effect. But whenever it dies, the opponent loses through life or you can just play it in with your two one ones. Give them the ones ones that they the the menace makes it so they have to block. Uh, it's definitely it's a cute. It's a cute. I'm glad I'm glad the hunted deck cards are yeah. back. And it's a rap. It was originally on Ravnica. So it, it feels really good here. Yeah, I agree. Big Next fact. card is Case of the Uneaten Feast. It was a dark night. Got called. Our first is our, my, this me is and my our partner. Me and my partner went to got a call to a party. Everyone was missing. The feast uneaten. Everyone was dead. Uh that's my that's my grizzled grizzled tech. You gotta you gotta you gotta voice. do something like Craig Robinson does in uh in, in Pineapple Express when he shows up to the house and he puts his hands in the mashed potatoes and he's like, it's still warm. Yeah. Here, it's like a part of the whole movie. Uh, so this is a case of the Inner Feast White. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, gain one life. Uh, and then to solve this case, so cases use the the. It's not actually. It's not the saga format. It's the um, the Dungeons and Dragons set format. The the class side because so so saga is all the wordings oh, sure. on the left side. This is the wordings on the right side. So that means something's up. Uh, this one, you solve it. So it has a static effect. And then if you solve it, you do the thing that it's asking for. It also now gains its solved effect. So this is uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So Soul Sisters ask enchantment. And then when you've gained five or more life this turn, not a thing that's hard for Soul Sisters, uh, it's solved. You can sacrifice this case uh, and creature cards in your graveyard this turn gain. You may cast this card from your graveyard. So this lets you kind of play a Soul Sisters game with a really nice redundancy end game uh, playing that martyr thing. Now, Soul Sisters hasn't been very good for a while. Does this help it? Maybe a little bit. It's it's removal resistant on both halves, right? Like it, it does. Uh, we are also living in a post fury world, which was one of the big things hurting Soul Sisters decks up to this point. Uh, Bowmasters is still around, but Soul Sisters isn't like a card draw engine deck, so it might not be too, too terrible. Um, if that deck yeah. sees play, this card's good in it. I don't know if that deck sees play anytime soon. So when we were, this is this is actually one of the cards, probably of all the things we talked about at that thing I mentioned with the this set was one of the most significant. I Crim, uh, who was on Twitter as the Asian Avenger, who's one of our friends, uh, was also at this thing, and I opened this card, and I he was to my left, and I was like, this is a really cool card. I was like, look at look at this card; it does really interesting things. I was like, number one, the solved factor of this card is similar to escape in the sense that when the creature dies after recasting it from your graveyard this turn, the creature does not exile. So there's some really interesting aspects of what you can do if you solve this to go infinite. If you have any kind of like zero cost creature, you know, whatever. Uh, it, his point was, it's a lot of hoops to jump through for like the last ability because it only references creature cards. Whereas like Underworld Breach or obviously not in Modern, but Yogg will. Yeah. Cards that allow you to cast anything from the graveyard are much more versatile. Now, to that, I would say white decks and white black decks that are getting the, you know, soul sisters, soul attendant, gain a life thing, they're pretty creature heavy. They're often creature based sacrifice engine decks. So there's a version of this card where I could see playing this as just 
like the same thing as like a soul's attendant or whatever, soul warden. And if you get it active and you have like an ornithopter in your deck, if you have like an ornithopter in your deck and you get this active with a sack outlet and a gain life thing. Wait, so, so, so just so I'm clear, right? When it gets to the solved ability, you have to sack it. So it's gone. So you no longer get the first ability. So you would have to have like a soul warden as well. So if you, but like, if you get like a sack outlet with like a soul warden and an ornithopter and this thing goes live, you just go infinite out of your graveyard and win the game. Correct. You just cast ornithopter a hundred times. Correct. So there, there is like actually something pretty cool about this card in the it, sense that it, it plays it, in the strategy. It gives Soul Sisters an infinite combo, right? And, and, and the, the solve case for here for Soul Sisters is not hard. Getting five life in that deck is not hard. Easy. Uh, the fact Already. that the front half helps you. The fact that also like it's other use case, which is just like my deck is filled with a bunch of one drops and, yeah. and like a Johnny's pride mates. So then I sack this and then I bring them all back. And like the deck itself also with Martyr uh, will put the like some of their cards into their graveyard on their own. Right. Like Martyr, the way it gains life kind of recycles it. So I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think there's a deck here that is viable, even if even if it's just like. Turns, you know, turn six, you've been doing the solstice thing, so you've been able to survive. You have this. You've turned it online for a while. You get martyr going and then you just like have six mana white six open white mana you sacrifice this and you just reveal five white cards from your hand or like four three white cards from your hand a few times with martyr and you gain like 30 life off of that like that's a pretty insane swing for that deck not to mention all the other stuff it does with it so i i yeah i think i think this card has a cool effect and could be added to those soul sister decks and have them go in angles that are pretty sweet yeah, the, yeah, the last thing I'd say about this card that I think is really interesting is that because it costs one white, you're not usually attacking with your Soul Warden. Like the fact that this comes down on one and is not a creature is less relevant. Obviously, it not being a creature coming down to trigger your other Soul Warden does matter. But it the downside of having this is low. Like the the, the what's the what's the, the phrase I'm looking for? Opportunity right? cost. Opportunity cost, yes, that's what I'm looking for. Is is correct? It, like it scales correctly for that deck, which has been a fringe deck for a long time. But I think the fact that Resplendent Angel has already existed as like the top end in those decks for a while, and it wants to gain five life to get the bonus, yeah. means that I think this card can fit in. I'm excited about this card. Forensic Gadgeteer, two blue, the Dalkin Artificer Detective creature, two three. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, investigate. Activated abilities of artifacts you control cost one less to activate. This effect can't reduce the mana in its cost to less than one mana. Card's very good. Uh, card is probably more fun commander, like doing cool stuff in other formats than modern. I don't like like when you when you talk about a card like this, you're you're in the range of like Psy Master Thopterist cards like that, and you know you. There are combo decks, specifically like the grinding station decks and things like that, that will play cards like Psy. And you'll see cards like that pop up that are great. I don't see making clues and them costing one to sacrifice as advantageous enough for like those big decks to want to go infinite with. But I do like this card. I, I do think yeah. it's a very cool card. It just doesn't feel powerful. I, it's a card that like I would put in my pocket and at any moment could just be like very playable in the format, right? Like yeah. a, if the right artifact is printed if there is some type of you know bounce recasting artifact card type of deck that wants to get a bunch of artifacts into play i think this like has potential to see modern play though i don't think it has a perfect home right now i don't yep. think it sees play in the salvaging station deck it's not bad in that deck right like it does a lot of really powerful things in the salvaging station deck because like being able to make clue tokens to draw into as you're going off if you're not fully going off is like an interesting feature the other deck that i think could be cool to see this see play is something like amulet of vigor not amulet of vigor lantern of insight decks which i don't like obviously those aren't play haven't been playable for a while but like those type of dirtily one minute way too many one mana artifacts that all kind of work together decks are always like yeah, on the wings yeah, of yeah. modern and at any moment the right four cards are going to be printed to make it super viable and so like a card like this that does something in an interesting direction is something to keep an eye on the moment that there's an artifact that 
like can produce mana but it like but the the thing that's making it not go infinite is it's costs two instead of one is like a yeah. a place where this you know sees play so yeah, yeah the reduction of cost aspect of this card is interesting well like yeah both halves right the reduction cost aspect is like super viable and then the like making free tokens has proven to be very good in general anyways like both sides i think are really powerful yeah next card is aftermath analyst one green elf detective one three when it enters the battlefield mill three cards uh you may pay three and a green sacrifice aftermath analyst return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped so so one of the things I really like about this card is that there have been a few cards that have the secondary effect printed that have all been like at the front end for mana and have all been like borderline very good, but always weird on the edge. There's the creature like the from Merfolk from Ixalan, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like the green Merfolk from Ixalan that when it dies, it does this. And then there's World the chamber. sorcery that does this just straight up. Um, yeah. but both of them are four mana from the front. The creature then requires it to die for some reason. Uh, neither of them like have a way to get cards into your graveyard. The fact that this fills your graveyard from the front end is a one, three body up for two, which is not an irrelevant thing to put into play. And then late game for six mana, you can just straight up do it. Right. And you get the benefit of the ETB effect. But once you have it in play at any point, you can do this it's also not as a sorcery that's like one thing that really jumped out to me normally this type of effect says only activate as a sorcery and this card would be immediately dead for me but the fact that i can play this on turn two mill myself some things and then as the game goes on and lands get out of my graveyard fetch lands or if i'm playing like a self mill valakut kind of combo deck then this is just like turns on immediately in a really cool way yeah when i was looking recently in we haven't talked about it on here probably a while, but Highlander, that format we always play with the six decks. Uh, I was trying to figure out a back-end combo win in the Elves deck, right? I wanted to play Elves, which, you know, just hardcore, green, big elf ball. And I wanted to play Black, so you could get like Shaman of the Pack and some of the other Black cards. But the idea for me was, because I didn't have a Jund deck, for those that are listening and don't know the format is... You build six unique decks with 600 unique cards and the reserve list is the ban list. And so there can be no repetitions between those six cards, those six decks. So like the good stuff that we all do ends up in all the decks. So my elves deck was going to be like elves, like you guys all know from the good formats, but it was going to have the dark depths combo as the backup because it was right. like black green, easy, lots of green land tutors. I can just sort of have it as a go-to. And while I was designing it, I was like, what if I did the like self mill thing and then I had dread return because I already have crater hoof. Like what if I kind of reanimate and like, you know, I was like, what if I kind of do like a <laughs> reanimator thing on top of it? And and so I was like, is glow spore shaman an elf three, one from one of the Ravnica's that's like mills three. It's not an elf. This card is what I was basically looking for when I was trying right. to build strategy. There's not a lot of elves that self mill is what I've learned. It's, this is maybe the first one I've found, actually, and it costs two or less that mills you. So elves classically do not provide that utility. And as we all know from having played Citrus Supplier, those creatures that cost two or less and have a good upside with filling your graveyard are pretty good. So well, and this and this is just like a win con on its own, right? The amount of ways I can win, like uh, later late game, by spending four mana and having a bunch of lands into play, is pretty high. And this adds like redundancy to those decks. It also adds like a pretty good if you're playing something that's playing around in that space, a good safety valve on if they're able to interact with your lands. Here's a way to buy them back. It's a kind of yeah. like a resistance to those, which is cool as well. Um, yeah. and and draws into them like playing one of these in mono green tron as an answer to someone blowing your lands up and then you just have this available and also when it mills three cards you can then bring like you could use it to get tron into play on turn four yeah yeah, uh, yeah. which is fun uh, i mean that's like l- very lucky but i think that's like kind of another use case for it next card and this is this is one of the like probably you know on the, i would put it, if we we're making a top five cards in the set this would be on the list crime novelist two red c- goblin bard one three Whenever you sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on crime novelist and add red. Yeah, this card's really good. I think this card is interesting in the sense that there are a decent amount of infinite combos now with artifact sacrificing because of how much of a premium has been placed these last five years on. Well, first it was uh, first it was treasures 
and clues and then food and blood was introduced in that time frame. And now because food and treasure have become so important and investigates back here, there are so many like combinations of things that exist in all these recent sets that an infinite artifact sacrifice chain is pretty easy to achieve. There's like a lot of different ways to do it. Now in modern, a little less, right? Yeah, like there, sure. there's that, there's that, there's that new card, the vending machine from uh, Fallout that has a cool like sacrifice ability. It's like whenever you sacrifice a, I don't think boom. that's modern legal. No, no, I know, no, I know. And uh, I'm not saying it is, but like that card is cool. Uh, obviously, Academy Manufacturer is modern legal. There's you know Zorn, I think, is one of the cards from one of the D and D sets or something. But like, there's all these cards that are like when you sacrifice a thing, you make another thing. Stuff like that, that they keep printing and finding those synergies between those effects. And every set, we're seeing at least one or two of them. Sure. So this is another one in the same range where there's going to be a combination of two playable cards in modern. It's going to happen. And this card will become a staple because obviously the infinite two-card combo of sacking artifacts is going to create infinite red mana for you and a gigantic creature. Right. Right. Not hard to achieve. That's when I read this card, what I think of. And I actually I mean, we've, think we've just yeah. des- we've described in like just throwing this into the Soul Sisters deck. If you're making Boro Soul Sisters, that's trying yeah. to go infinite with like artifacts and sacking, um, using the card we just saw and sacrificing Ornithopters. Like you add this in the deck, and now you have your win condition, right? Like if you yeah. if you need to have this be a infinitely large and make infinite red mana while you've sacked your Ornithopter infinite amount of times, you now have that available to you. If you're playing, um. Yeah, and any type of deck that's looking to combo in this way, this offers both a mana generator to help make that infinite loop go infinite with mana, as well as a threat that then can kill someone with them, which I think is a, a, a interesting piece. I agree with you. I think for commander, this is where it like really jumps out, right? Any any treasure deck, which are always everywhere, this is like an instant include. Anything that's trying to do anything with Dockside Extortionist, this obviously does something with. In oh, modern, crazy. you have to find a specific home for it. Yeah. I think the one thing about this card that is being underrepresented, though, is the fact that sacrifice an artifact to add a red is just already like that. Now, now your Mishra's Bobble you were playing in your deck, which is just fine. It's okay. Is now a ritual, right? Now your Mishra's Bobble is your zero mana card that's going to ramp you, which means if you start to get clever with the different things that are giving you already value, I mean, treasures, obviously, like just a treasure is worth two mana now and making your threat bigger. I think this card is actually low key. One of the better cards in the whole set. You, you, sorry, you said that. You, you, I said it was in the top, I said it was the top five. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. This is one of the top five cards in the set. Unlike what my co-host Alex Kessler said when he said it was one of the worst cards. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think this card is one of the one of the cards that Alex was the most wrong about in the whole set. Actually, no. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you know what, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. I, how did I not see how good this card was? I, <laughs> I uh, about it, okay. This card is going to start to wreck me in Commander games, and then someone's going <laughs> to an approach her off this with modern. All right. Next card is pick your poison. Green sorcery. Choose one. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact. Each opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with flying. Interesting, but it's a so sorcery. it's a a one mana edict. Only to your opponent, so it's not double-sided for artifacts, enchantments, or creatures with flying. That's a pretty interesting card. It's also flavorfully from a design perspective, and the name of the card is pretty excellent. Pretty cute. <laughs> right? It's a, cute card. it's a cute card. Yeah, well, like, yeah. speaking of, like, Wizards of the Coast, sometimes it feels like you're, like, over-designing over way too many words. The flavor doesn't mm-hmm. hear. I will give them a lot of credit for this set. Like, I, I do think top-down sets in general allow for some really good card designs because Wizards can, like build to a flavorful story that has outside of game reference to make sense of why these mechanics are going together. And this is a great example of that. Uh, I also think just like as a one green removal spell that can remove like a bunch of things and also very specific things, it's very powerful, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, the simplicity of magic is, and it has always been that a card like this, that's very easy to grok when you read it. Yeah makes magic fun to a new player. I've had the experience a few times now where I've tried to explain or teach magic to someone 
and I use newer cards. Like I open like, you know, booster packs or just like cards that I have from newer sets. And it's overwhelming. Like a lot of those newer cards, it's like, it's like when this creatures enters, if it was cast from your hand and you control no creatures with more power, flip the card. And then you like flip it and it's like cool thing with activated ability. And like if this other thing, then flips it, like flip it back over. And I want to say to the person like. I there's so much happening here, like this should be giant growth. You should be reading. You should be reading Shivan. Sure, like, sure, sure, that, sure. That's like what you need. You you don't need to read Ozier. Back some of the classic, the oldies and the goodies. Yeah, I mean, what's cool about this card? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think like as far as modern playable ability goes, like the things that jump out to me is that. You could have this in your sideboard as like a two of pretty easily. And you you bring it in not you don't bring this in against an artifact deck, right? I'm not bringing this in against the the hardened scales deck, maybe the hardened scales deck because I can use it against the enchantment side of it. But I'm not bringing it in against something that I'm like, oh, this gets rid of artifacts and they have a bunch of artifacts because then it's not specific. I want to bring this in against the one ring. Right. I want to bring it against that. The only card they're playing that's an artifact is the one ring. And then this gets around any any indestructibility hexproof. They have to sacrifice it. It gets around the problem. Right. I, I want to play this against decks that like, oh, they have one flying creature. That's a problem for me. Merp tide. No, Great. I know. But I, but I don't I, I actually kind of disagree because my my theory usually when it comes to sideboarding is all I want is to see my good card for my sideboard, my opening hand. So I imagine that if I sideboard my two of these in, right, and it's hardened scales and they hit their turn one hardened scales and I cast this, they're not going to have another enchantment. So it's gone. Well, that, hardened scales is, is a bad example because it's the only enchantment really that that deck plays. Right. That That's my point is I, I don't because it's they choose and sacrifice. Right. You don't want it against if you're trying to use this against an artifact deck to get rid of a specific artifact. This is bad. Because they sure. have four artifacts and they're not going to choose the one you need them to get rid of to get rid of. At that point, you should be playing naturalize. But, but I guess but it, I guess my point, though, what I was trying to say was that I think that the decks in modern that are good are specialized enough where more of the time, like 70 percent of the time, choosing one thing here in the crucial turn one, turn two, turn three situation is going to get you what you want. Like you mentioned Merktide. That comes no, to no, mind no. immediately. Yeah. I, we're agreeing. I, I think. I yeah. think you're. You're not. I don't know if we're disagreeing. I think. I'm. I'm just saying this is how you would use it. Not. I don't think this is good because you could only use it this way. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Really, we're, like we're the, the, the advice I'm giving is don't side this in against an artifact deck to fight artifacts. Side this in against a control deck who's playing the one ring because they have one key artifact. Or side this in against Merktide because you get rid of their then then literally they only you either get rid of murktide or dragon uh channeler right like you 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 get to target specifically the one threat with this and it's a versatile removal spell for that reason not to play if this isn't your generically good enchantment removal deck this is your great that one deck is playing one enchantment that i hate and this is so efficient at getting rid of it and there's no way for them to stop me from getting rid of it the one ring can't stop this cuz it has indestructible because this makes the player sacrifice it it costing one is the significance because it means that there are in the situation in the Merktide situation. Sure, they play you know Dragon Rage and you play this and it's okay. It's a one for one. If they don't play Dragon Rage and, and Merktide's their first threat, even better. If they you know in the situations where it's only one enchantment or only one artifact they have in the whole deck, even better. I think I think that well and, and the fact that it's each opponent like that's another thing is it gets rid of the one ring uh, protection for a turn. Like right. target they player sacrifices an enchantment is, or an artifact doesn't work if they cast the one ring because they have protection for the turn. This gets around that fact. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I think the, I think this card's uh, really good. It's the it's the pinnacle so far of them designing the modal good, good, early, good, late cards because <laughs> it doesn't target. It costs one. <laughs> I will say that I kind of hate that uh, basically every really good card we've discovered from this set is Oh, it's really good against the one ring or bow masters yeah. <laughs> or yeah, one of yeah. the pitch elementals. That's <laughs> yeah, a modern show. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> no, I know. But uh, it's like, <laughs> uh, and that's it for the part one. So uh, we split this into two episodes. Part two comes out next week. Uh, we have, well, there's a bunch of cool stuff there. We'll be talking about lands, a lot of the gold cards um, and all the cool cards that we think might be seeing, seeing play and market. So far, so far, this set seems really, really cool. I'm really excited. Um, make sure you uh, are checking out um 
you know, all the different blah, 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 blah. Uh, one, one thing I did want to bring up is that, uh, at magic con Chicago, uh, this week, me and Ben are both doing cool d- specific events, uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'm doing, um, this really cool werewolf mafia inspired game where, uh, you, you know, any, anyone can play it's, it's for anyone that's at the, at the event. Um, and basically you're trying to figure out who the murderer was. Everyone gets a secret card, uh, that is like which character they are with a special ability. And then everyone gets a secondary secret card that tells them, are they a murderer or not a murderer? And then the murderer team is trying to kill everyone while the non-murderers are trying to figure out who the murderers are. Uh, if you like that type of game, it's going to be really fun. If you don't like that type of game, you should still come and play and check it out. It's going to be fun <laughs> to watch even. I will um, be there. I will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, ben will be there. It starts at 10 AM on Sunday at, uh, magic on Chicago uh this month uh and we're really excited to do it uh and excited to see everyone there and then ben is doing his own event a chaos draft at 3 p.m that same day on sunday it's gonna be wild yeah it's gonna be like a bunch of old sets our friends you know uh, tappy talia vass like joe like so many folks that we love and i have this war chest of old packs including some crazy stuff right like i've tempest maybe even like urza saga or something you know like we're going to get a great group of packs together. I want to include some newer collector boosters and be, do a big draft. It'll be so much fun. And then the winners will draft in order. You know, like if you if you're like like a rare draft, right? So like if somebody opens the crazy Gaia's Cradle, if Alex opens it, then he'll I guess he'll you know win the whole thing and take the cradle. So it'll be amazing. It'll be so much fun. And I hope to see you guys there. Uh, but yeah, our two events we're very honored that Wizards is hosting us and come see us and hang out. Yep. And if, and, and, and make sure part two comes out next week. So make sure you hit that like and subscribe button so that you get alerted when it comes out. Uh, we're excited to talk about the rest of the set. Thank you so much for watching. We'll talk to you guys next week.